If I liked going outside in this weather, I would totally live the tiki lifestyle, right? Like warachi sandals, Hawaiian shirts, banana hammock. You don't know me. You do not know me, all right? You don't know me. And so I love this kind of music. And um, There's huh? a reason for that. When we I've listened back to some of the episodes, the uh-huh. music is too low. Is it really? Yeah, so I'm cranking it up. Because that was like, uh, tears were forming in the corners of my eyes. Well, that was so to, loud. If it's too, too loud, you're too old. Yep. That's way better when you don't stutter through it, I've learned. Wow. Anyway, uh, I would, I would, I would love to live the tiki lifestyle. Except that means you live in hot and humid climates, oh. which I can't stand. I, it's dragon weather, it's dinosaur weather, and it's happening right now here in the beautiful twin cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's the Brian Oak Show. This is episode one hundred and seventy-five. Recording here in the Smart Start MN Studios. First of all, one seventy-five, bro. Yeah, like, is that like a milestone? The average podcast lasts eight episodes. Is that real? That is real. You didn't make that up? No. People, and the reason is I think people go, Jesus, this is a lot of work. <laughs> like, yeah, well, they're and, like, or, or we don't have any listeners. There's like four people listening to every episode. And also, everyone who starts one is like, I got so much cool stuff to talk about. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> and after eight episodes, they're like, that's about it. Um, who wants to hear about my laundry? Yeah, because that's it. That's yeah. the average podcast. It's like, how to make your really? whites really white. Oh, boo-hoo-hoo. <laughs> Which is why Sean and I, by the way, I'm Brian Oak. That is Sean Bernard. We don't rely on our own life experience, although vast and rich. Oh, and, man, so entertaining. Oh, so good. <laughs> no, what we do is we make sure that we have an interesting guest or two on every single week because that's what this podcast is about, telling stories. Thanks to Smart Start MN, our primary sponsor. Just last episode, we talked to Ed Cohn from Smart start and the laws are changing they're actually getting more beneficial for those of you who have screwed up and did your drinking and your driving at the same time and there's less humiliation going on which is nice i mean the last thing you need is humiliation because guess what you already screwed up and it's going to be expensive it's going to be difficult it is not a simple process but you can get back into your car and start driving again yeah just go to smartstartmn.com slash the brian oak show that'll get you 20 percent off the installation of the ignition interlock this past weekend, my wife was out of town up north with friends. Uh, my daughter, again, being 22 years old, has plenty of other things to do than hang oh, yeah. out with dad. Although we get along great. Yeah. But I mean, you know, when you were 22, you remember how much you wanted to hang out with your parents? I lived so far away from them at that point that it wasn't <laughs> exactly. even. Exactly. Yeah. No effing thank you. Yep. <laughs> and so I had a ton of downtime and I was like, wow, I'm untethered. I didn't have anything to do Saturday, Sunday. I was open. And you know what I did? Laid on the couch with the cat because it was so oh, effing hot Jackson. outside. Yeah, Jackson's my guy, right? Okay, so it's like that out there, except it's worse now. Today, heat index of 100. Tomorrow, heat index of 110. F off. It's unnecessary. And it, it seems like it's never ending this year. Like, we've had a week of, like, 70s. And other than that, it's been, like, 106. I'm good for about the first 90 seconds. And then I start looking for places to hide from pterodactyls. And slee stacks because they're <laughs> coming. It's ridiculous outside. I hate this weather very, very much. But it is warm, and for people who love it, congratulations. A chance to get out. And I do know this kind of weather can make people thirsty. Yes, it can. Right? Am I, and, and we'll find out for sure coming up <laughs> as we talk to Andy and Matt from Forgotten Star Brewing. Coming up just ahead, they'll be joining us. Every time we get a new sponsor on the show, we talk to those sponsors because a big part of what we do on the show here is talking about local stories, talking about the people that help not only create but maintain and sustain and propel the fabric of this place that we live, and also they're good people. You and I promised when we first started doing this we were never going to work with assholes. I can assure you right now before we even (laughs) talk to them, neither Andy nor Matt is an asshole. No, because they also started this thing at a very difficult time, and they stuck through it, which is really, really, you got to have some character to do that. Well, just like you and me, we started a new podcast. Like, we got to get some sponsors. Pandemic. The end. <laughs> and, but somehow here we are, 170 ep- 175 episodes later, and so is Forgotten Star Brewing from Fridley. We'll talk to them just ahead. But thinking about the hot weather, thinking about tiki culture, Thinking about pterodactyls, it got me to thinking about one of my favorite bands of all time. That would be the B-52s with Lava on The Brian Oak Show.
Kate Pearson or the other one, Brian? Which is your favorite? <sighs> I never remember the other gal's name. Cindy. I like Kate. I, I guess I don't really have a preference. Well, you're wrong about Kate your choice. Kate has a better voice, but she Cindy does. has these crazy giant liquid eyes. She does. That's true. That almost Forgot make you think eyes. that you're disappearing into the future. Especially when she's singing like someone out of the past. I love the B-52s so much that it's not funny. Oh, man. I, 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 met, I met... Shh. Go. Shh. Brian. Shh. Be quiet. Be quiet. <laughs> there are other people in the room, Brian. That's right. That's I'm Brian right. Oak. That is Sean. What's your last name? Barnard. Oh, that's right. Sean Bernard. I remember yeah. you. Uh, together, we make Brian Oak podcast show thing every week twice a week twice a week yeah episode 175 right now we have guests in the studio so we should probably say hello to andy and matt of forgotten star brewing gentlemen hello hello thanks for having us all right andy get right up on that microphone and when you do it it. andy i want to know your full name and the title of what you do at forgotten star brewing yeah so uh my name is andy risvold i'm i guess technically the president one of the founders of forgotten star brewing uh here with my partner matt the dude, like the guy with the, with the crown and the scepter. The yeah, guy. sure, something like that. <laughs> are there scepters that you have to share, or are you like the main guy? No, like, we share a lot of scepters, Do you, do yeah. you sit on the Iron Throne? Matt and I do together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> he, he's, right. he's in charge of uh, so great fun. beer. I'm in charge of getting butts in seats, and together we make a pretty good team. Yeah, no, and me- meeting you guys before, it's clear that you're on the same page. Matt, give me your full name and the title of what you do at Forgotten Star Brewing. My name is Matt Ace. Um, I'm the head brewer and uh, co-founder of Forgotten Star Brewing as well with Andy. So much like much like a podcast, except nothing like it, really, um, there's the talent guy, and then there's the arranger guy. <laughs> Right. I mean, but but here's the deal. If you're going to be in business and you're going to do something that requires these things, there's no one person who can do all of it alone. I mean, you can if you're Elon Musk, but I'll tell you a little secret. Gather close, children. Elon Musk is surrounded by brilliant people that have to do a billion different things. So if you're going to start a brewery, especially again, another analogy, Sean's like, hey, do you want to do a podcast year and a half ago? I'm like. Aren't there already literally a half million podcasts? <laughs> and there were. You guys decide to get into brewing when the craft brewing market and the, 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 the taproom market, I wouldn't say glutted, but crowded, to say the very least. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been in the brewing industry now for like 13 years. And okay. uh, when I started, there were somewhere between 15 and 18 breweries in the entire state and now there's 180 so yeah it's been a which i I love i love the fact that the marketplace is big enough to support that so but before we get into the history of it how it's going what it's like everything that's been weird about the pandemic let's talk specifically about forgotten star where is forgotten star brewing yeah so we're located just north and northeast minneapolis on the south side of 694 so technically we're in fridley we're fridley's first brewery um, you look out our front door or right over our patio and you see right into downtown Minneapolis. So from the North Loop, you're maybe a 10-minute drive uh, from 694-94 intersection up there. It's about a minute and a half away. So A couple weeks ago, I made my first visit ever, and it is, it's a remarkable place, right? So, I mean, A, you've got a gorgeous facility. You know, there are a lot of places you can go where you're like, oh, several-story tall ceilings, and it looks old and industrial. But as you drive up, those two towering stacks that shoot into the sky are genuine like iconic there's there's nothing else like them in the area so you're driving into an industrial park you're like where the am i what is happening am i going to the extruded plastic place over here am i going to the metal plating oh no no oh there they are there are those stacks you get out there you've got this gorgeous facility you're right by the railroad tracks you've got a gorgeous outdoor area how did you land on the current location of forgotten star yeah, we got super lucky. We had toured uh, maybe three or four places before we found the one in Fridley. Um, that oh. first minute you turn the corner, the first second you turn the corner and you see the cul-de-sac kind of, but then you see the building with the stacks. Mm-hmm. It hits you right in the stomach. Yeah. And I remember the first time I saw it, I called my wife, Nicole, and I said, I think we found our tap room. Uh, Matt was with me. It was just, it's one of those moments where you'll never forget. It just hits you in the stomach, and that building is truly iconic. I think it's one of the most iconic buildings in the state. That was always uh, one of our biggest worries was just getting people there the first time. And then after that, then it's just, you know, you see them a mile away. Well, you can't miss it. Exactly. You see it a mile away. So let's talk about the building itself for a minute before we talk about beer or culture or neighborhood or any of that kind of stuff. The building itself, I mean, 
we live in an era where the past is swept away for the future or for modernity. And I get it. That's that's always been the way of the world, right? That's how it works. You head to downtown St. Paul. They seem to have a greater predilection to hanging on to some of their history than, say, downtown Minneapolis, right? Mm-hmm. And then you, you watch some of these old specials about historic Minneapolis it was unbelievable mm-hmm. down there. These incredible buildings, yeah. this incredible past. They're like, nope, we need another gray smoked glass skyscraper right here. That's the damn thing we need. And they would <laughs> yeah. tear down these incredible granite edifices, and it happened. So you happen to be in a building that's been around for a long time. I mean, we're, we've got to be coming up on 100 years. Yeah, yeah right about 100 years right now. Uh, it was originally built in the 20s. Uh, they What they did, they produced uh, water pumps for fire fa- firefighters. Um, all the way up until Pearl Harbor happened. And then, dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, the yeah. world at war. You know what? I minored in Japanese studies in my brief tenure at, at college. Wow. I love Japanese culture, but man, it is not cool to attack another country. <laughs> I, don't, I don't care what country you are, but let's be honest. You know, We've been hemming and hawing. I'm kind of a student of World War II. With the European theater already well underway, we've been hemming and hawing about getting involved in World War II. We, I mean America, because I consider myself a proud American. And then Pearl Harbor happened, and literally everything changed overnight, right? I mean, yeah. we were attacked on our soil, and industry radically shifted. So this was a the place where your brewery is. They made water pumps. Almost overnight, they turned to cranking out gun barrels for the u.s navy yeah it's incredible so within six months their first turret left the left the manufacturing line um what they what they're able to do essentially overnight like you said was employ ten thousand minnesotans and outproduce almost any other factory in the country well and everybody got together right i mean everyone was on the same team again i don't love war i think war is murder i hate war i hate everything about it but i also like my way of life yeah. i don't want <laughs> i don't want people marching across the country and killing my family or preventing my ability to get to a delicious cheeseburger let's be honest that's <laughs> that's part of the bit well uh, let's be honest if yeah. we yeah. get down to the basic thing yep, of it that's it that is part it's of about it's, the it's cheeseburger not the whole thing and the beer but it is, well, there's that as well. So anyway, you work in this historical place, which still, ha- I mean, that's where the name Forgotten Star comes from. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, 86,000 different facilities were manufacturing for World War II mm. uh, across the country. Of the 86,000, if you're really good at what you did, the military would award you with an E. So if you ever come to our tap room or see a photo, you'll see our stacks. The very top of our stack has an E on it. For excellence, that's an award for excellence in manufacturing, right? Wow. Given by the by the Army and the Navy. Uh, if you maintain that excellence for six months, you got an accompanying star. So our facility got the E, and then six more stars. So all of that to be said, eighty six thousand buildings were manufacturing for mm. World War Two. Forty two hundred of those buildings got the E. Only seven other buildings in the country got the six more stars. And this is the one of two left standing. The only other one left standing is General Motors in Detroit. Wow, and the stars and the E are still up there. Now, like, were those refurbished? Is that original? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so we have pictures from when the first E was painted, and then uh, they painted them as they came, but then there's, they may have forgotten an E or two in in the mix. Uh, that's part of why Forgotten Star got its name, but really, Forgotten Star got its name based on, it's a really it's a forgotten part of our state's history. It's definitely a forgotten part of Northeast Minneapolis, Fridley's history. Um, the people who work there, certainly it's not forgotten. We get people every single week. Oh, my uncle worked there. Oh, my grandpa worked there. Oh, I worked there. It's amazing how many of them are still in the Fridley area. Yep. Wow. Well, but that's Minnesota, right? Yeah, I mean, like, we're very provincial here, right? I mean, like, and again, I don't think that's a bad thing, right? Minnesotans, any, I mean, like, look at the news any night. Any tie we can make from Minnesota to any sort of news story ever, we absolutely make it. But also being proud of where we're from, like, the history of this place is incredible. It's easy, like, oh, I grew up in Coon Rapids. I don't know. What's to think of a building that's been there 100 years, and you, you drive up and look at those incredible stacks towering into the sky, and you're like, wow. And then you go in and have a refreshing beverage, but also you're in a place that has a century of effing history right inside of it. It's a cool spot. So you landed a cool spot. How did the two of you come together? Because, again, during the era that we live in right now, right, I mean, people are always looking for an angle. People want to do a certain thing. You know, I know you said that you come from more than a decade of brewing experience. You've obviously had business experience. How did the two of you come together to make Forgotten Star begin to happen? 
Um, I dated his wife's college roommate. <laughs> weird. It got weird. <laughs> it got weird. Um, okay. Yeah, so I don't know. What is this, like six years ago now? Yeah. I was kicking around the idea of starting a brewery, and uh, we got down down the line, a little, little bit down the line, and my wife finally essentially said to me, you're smart, but you're not smart enough to start a brewery on your own. You got to you, you, you talk to Matt. He yeah. knows what he's doing. He's the head brewer uh, this place. Uh, I've known him for, I think at the time, 12 years. Uh, Matt and I met a few times, had a few beers, kicked. It went pretty well, I'd say, and here we are. Well, and, and so it's, that's great, but let's be honest. I mean, like, I had friends, I remember 20, 25 years ago, really sort of at the nascency, the very beginning of the whole craft brewing thing. Clearly, people have been brewing stuff in their closet for thousands of years before that but i had friends who were like no i'm making a banana wine in my closet you should come over and try it and i would and i would generally feel poisoned the next day although the night before was enjoyable i think i think that you're probably not the first two guys who have been like we should start a tap room and a brewery but there's a difference between sitting around tipping a couple back and sort of waxing poetic about the possibilities and actually pulling the trigger, you have a gorgeous tap room. You have a real facility. You have actual equipment. Real money has to come into play there. At some point, you two have to get super serious about it. What was that day like? That was scary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I just, I mean, yeah, like signing away, like signing a long lease and like putting your name on a huge loan. Yeah, it's incredibly intimidating. No, it's like uh, Monopoly money. Yeah. It's like when you close on a house, well, Sean. It, Hmm. Hmm. In all honesty, it's still kind of surreal. I mean, Matt and I look back at it now as as to how it all happened and laid out in the the time frame of it. And I mean, we I truly consider myself one of the luckiest people in the Twin Cities. We got we got blessed with two incredible partners financially. Hmm. Um, him and I work our butts off for uh, what we have, and we, in my opinion, we got very very lucky and. We're uh, doing everything we can to. Well, and yeah, not to mention just the timing of everything was yeah. just perfect. Like the space that we got, they were actively looking for a brewery to occupy that space. Oh, they specifically wanted a brewery. Yeah, because yeah. one of the side effects of being so productive during that time was like coal trains would just uh, stop next to what we occupy is the boiler room. So it was full of boilers that powered the whole facility. Right. So like coal trains would uh, park right next to the building and literally just side dump coal all over the what is now our yard and guys would just shuffle it into the boiler. So actually our uh, current site actually got pretty polluted. So they hmm. put a lot of time and effort into cleaning it up. And one of the ways they thought would be best to showcase that was to put something like a brewery in the place. Cause you can't make good beer with bad water, you know? You're telling me there's not a lot of coal in today's modern craft brews? <laughs> Interesting. All right, well, hey, we're going to talk about what it was like getting off the ground, what it was like to launch a new business during the heart of a global pandemic because pff, nobody likes that at all, and what the future looks like because you have a lot of things on the calendar, but I hate to get too far into the podcast without hearing a song, uh, and I believe we have a band who is coming back to town September uh, 1st up. Tell me why you chose this song, why you chose this band, why you were feeling it. Well, uh, one of the things that we uh, had talked about when we first met a few weeks ago was um, I just started getting into the record collecting uh, mm. hobby, and uh, it's been great. This was actually the first record that Turn I ever bought. Turn back now, young man. Turn <laughs> yeah. back now, because I just bought a $50 record yesterday. <laughs> but anyway, please continue. So yeah, this was the first one I bought, and like I opened it, and you know, I didn't even realize they you know, came the way they did. Like This one's like this cool cream color, and I really like this song. Um, this is Colors by the Black Pumas.
Nice pull. That was delicious, man. <laughs> I got to be. I so mean, like, good. let's be honest. Like neo soul has been happening for a while. I don't think soul music ever really went away, but obviously over the last ten plus years, there's been a massive revival. Whether we're talking about your Leon Bridges types, anything on the coal mine label, or right there, Black Pumas out of Austin, Texas, who are absolutely fantastic. They're going to be here mid September as part of the. All right. Everything okay at home? We'll edit, we'll edit this hack. No, I, no, let's not. I was about to dive into something <laughs> real cheesy, like they're going to be part of the city's 97.1 Basilica Block Party. Oh. Yeah. That's right. Huh. September 10th What's and 11th, downtown Minneapolis. Three stages. Two days. An incredible array of artists, both local and international. Nice. Yeah, but the Black Pumas are going to be there, and they, sh- <laughs> they should be checked out, because you know what? You're going to sway, and you're going to sing, and you're going to be like, where the... Because this band been all my goddamn life. I'm Brian Oak. That's Sean Bernard. It is the Brian Oak Show. Hey, before we talk, <coughs> I'm telling you. want you, another cigarette? Yeah. I'll give you a cigarette. <laughs> Just kidding. I don't have enough left. You can't have any. Um, before we... <laughs> Damn you, Sean. They were just bragging earlier about how smooth Brian was. <laughs> yeah, normally, yes. She's okay, like, look. well, you know, I've been doing this for 20... <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead, move on. You're, you're a dick. Um, but that's okay. You're, yeah. my, you're my dick. Thanks. What? <laughs> Only smaller. Edit, um, edit, edit. No, no edits. <laughs> we, this, is a, this is not a family-friendly show. This is earmuffs. Earmuffs. Yeah. Good thing the kids can't get into the brewery. Okay. Or can they? Dogs can. <laughs> yeah. Dogs can. And we'll talk more about that in a moment. But first, we have to mention Palmer's. Palmer's also signing on to be a supporter of the Brian Oak Show. And Palmer's is open. And let's be honest, Sean and I, throughout the course of this, 175 episodes have been in support of every local artist, every local entrepreneur, every local venue. We want you to stay open. We want you to stay alive. We love yep. it here. This show is about where we live. And if those places go away, then F us, I guess. Yep. We got to keep them around. Well, and Palmer's survived. And now they're back this coming weekend with Palm Fest 2021, for which you can get a three-day weekend pass, by the way. Monica LaPlante, Cat Bath, Little Dave Merriman on the first night. Then night two, where you and I are both going to be. Yes. It's going to be huge. Now, during the day, Red Sabbath, a great Black Sabbath tribute. The thought of sitting around at two in the afternoon on a hot, sunny afternoon listening to Black Sabbath covers, 
kind of is appealing. Hastings 3000, who's completely unhinged, and Black Widows will be your daytime entertainment. That night, you and I will both be there for Farewell Milwaukee and Romantica, who we just had Ben Kyle on a recent episode of the show. Yes, we did. Can't wait. Go to uh, palmers.net. Is that what it is? Palmersbar.net. Palmers That's what it is. Exactly. Yeah. No apostrophe, though, because no. the internet still hates apostrophes and colons. and Well, part of the internet likes colons. <laughs> it's the Brian Oak Show. <laughs> this is what you signed on to sponsor. I hope, I hope you're happy. <laughs> I, listen, also, all day Sunday, palmersbar.net, and that's just one event they have coming up. They've got a whole summer full of events. Uh, speaking of a summer full of events, let's get back to Forgotten Star Brewing, Andy and Matt. You, in addition to having this gorgeous building, right, and this incredible space and this state-of-the-art brewing facility on the inside, you also have a gorgeous outdoor space you've created for events and for live music. Will that be a big part of the summer out in front of us? Yeah, so we got a few uh, live shows coming up. The first one is uh, August 6th. It's a Friday. Uh, We got a guy named Taylor Donsky, really fun uh, singer-songwriter, and a gal named Alina Myra. Um, They're singing together. The very next or two weekends after that, we have a night market. So we have about 15 vendors showing up to sell all sorts of things, everything from artwork to pottery to jewelry, all sorts of stuff. Um, We have five bands set up to play that night as well. Uh, It's going to be a great time. It's a couple food trucks. Um, And then when that rolls us into Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest, we got a lot of music coming uh, the 17th and 18th of October or of September, uh, of course, with Matt's great Oktoberfest beer. I uh, And we'll talk about your beer in just a minute because I do want to talk about your philosophy when it comes to beer because I think that's an important thing that sets you apart. Very little coriander and crushed red worms in your beer, which I, <laughs> which I appreciate. But I want to ask both of you before we get into your philosophy when it comes to beer, why? And I've asked so many mm. people this. I've asked people from Europe. I've asked people from America. I've asked people who are beer adjacent and people who know nothing of beer. Why the is Oktoberfest in September. <laughs> Come on. It is all due to, I think it was a prince and princess of Bavaria got married, and uh, I think it's, you brew the beer in March, and you let it lager all over the summer, and then you release it in celebration of the harvest, and this one particularly was for this wedding. And I don't know, maybe like the German calendar used to be different or something like that, but uh, it used to be the eighth month of the year. October. I'm not. My, I, yeah. st- I still don't have. I still don't have a good answer to my. That question. is a good. That was a that's great a really answer. answer. That's, that's all I got. October's the tenth month. It went from the eighth to the tenth month. Yeah, but oct. No, I got that. Octo. I get it. Octopus. Let it lie, man. I thought that was a solid answer. Again, I, I don't mean to be hostile. I just I've wanted I've wanted, I've wanted to answer this question for so long. And in Europe, it's not. It's more true than anywhere else. I mean, you go in September to some of the higher altitudes in Bavaria, and you will be hit by steins no matter which direction you turn. Yes. Plus the alcohol hits you harder. (laughs) I didn't even think about that part. Let's talk about your beer philosophy at Forgotten Star. So when it comes to beer, I mean, again, part of the craft beer market being, let's call it crowded, I think that's fair, um, is the philosophy that goes into it. Now, I have done over the course of my career Many appearances, many hanging outs at cideries, at distilleries, at breweries, right? Mm -hmm. And I think as the market has become more crowded, and correct me if I'm wrong, feel free at any point. Just because I talk in an authoritative voice doesn't mean I have any fucking idea what I'm saying. That's true. Uh, Settle down. Um, As the market has become more crowded, people have felt more pressure to get inventive or to get unusual or to to put out a showpiece right that like nest doesn't even necessarily taste good but it's it's a flashy sort of thing would you say that's a fair assessment yeah absolutely i mean you got to find a way to stand out and oftentimes that's not for the better you know um i think now though we have almost come completely full circle that like brewing traditional true to style beers like well is almost uncommon because there's so many breweries that are making like these just you know, we use 10,000 Oreo cookies in our mash, you know, so right, why? Right, right. So when you use that term, true to style, I've seen that on your information before for the brewery. What does that mean, true to style? I mean, like, I know that there are sort of tried and true methods and recipes, but everyone's got their own thing. What does true to style mean to you? Well, there's uh, several guidelines that kind of define what a beer style is. There's the BJCP, which is the Beer Judge Certification Program. There's the Cicerone Certification Program, which is like 
the equivalent of like a wine sommelier. Mm. And there's the Brewers Association definition, like guidelines, and they all have set, you know, uh, numeric value as to like what makes a good pilsner. It's you know this bitter, it's this color, it's this ABV in these amounts and that sort of thing. Yeah, like, I mean, like there there are actual scientific metrics yes. that determine how true to style a beer is, and it's usually like a range. So as low as four point two ABV, as high as five point zero, and right. you want to usually hit somewhere in the middle. Um, so that's always kind of been my philosophy or preference when it comes to brewing is like I want our porter to taste like a porter not my interpretation of a porter you right know? right just so it's like it's just you know what you're ordering you know what you're getting well and but, but I mean like let's be honest in recent years that hasn't necessarily been a common philosophy right like especially when someone's sort of like I am the brewer I am the master of this domain I am going to create something that no one has seen before even if it's literally unpalatable like even if you can barely get it down that's been sort of a popular philosophy yeah, I mean, you got to take risks, I guess, but... You know. Well, but you don't have to. I mean, like, you can also just make reliable beer, and I have a cousin of mine, Ryan, who, when I told him that you were going to be part of the show, he's like, I have a friend who works there, one of the people who brews with you. I can't remember his name now. The he's the head. only other one, so... Okay, well, it's got to be one of you two. <laughs> I, I, I'd have to take a look and look it up online, but um, I people... So here's the weird thing. When we say that you're in Fridley, right... People who listen in Minneapolis, it's kind of like I work at a record store in Hopkins, and people are like, Hopkins? All the way out? They think they're going to Victoria, yeah, Minnesota. Exactly. It's 10 minutes away, right? You can get to your brewery from my house faster than you can get through Uptown, right? I mean, yeah. you're, you're literally yeah. on the border. And so I think that's an important thing to get out to people, though. Fridley is not Ham Lake, you know? <laughs> I mean, but but there are people who don't make it up north very often that think it's Ham Lake. I mean, yeah, yeah like the welcome to Fridley sign is past our brewery like we're right like you don't even officially know you're in fridley until you're past our brewery but i mean we also at the same time want to embrace being a part of fridley but of course you do we're very lucky that's a good point right there so let's talk about that a little bit um you are very much you know in a short order of time so you started tell me exactly when what was the opening day what was the day you flung open the doors at forgotten star so we opened uh i think it was november 17th 16th or 17th of 2019 just Mm. before covid we i think we beat covid by like four and a half months um, barely had our feet under us when everything was, you know, turned off. Went upside down. Yep. Uh, that's, you know, kind of how life is. We leaned into it really hard. Uh, when COVID started, our outdoor space was nothing compared to what it is now. Right. Uh, we knew that was going to be a big part of our growth. Um, so we leaned into the outdoor space. We really leaned into our staff, our employees, our, our general manager, Lily, and our taproom manager, Darren, just like blossomed. They took, they, they made Matt and I's job so much easier and like actually allowed us to have some sleep in, at night as opposed <laughs> to worried about, you know, getting through the next day. Um, so we're forever grateful for them. Um, yeah. And we just, like I said, leaned into it really, really hard and tried to make our space as welcoming and as open and as uh, accommodating for everybody. Yeah. It was a little tricky, you know, like we had spent like thousands of hours trying to come up with a plan to get as many people to the brewery as possible. And then three months in, it's like, okay, now we have to do the exact opposite. Yeah. Right, which yeah. keep everybody away, but somehow stay alive, which was tricky for everybody. But thank goodness you're still here. You're an important yeah. part of that community. And since that time, since obviously you'd already sort of made some connections to that community in the northern end of the metro here. And now, I mean, you're very much entrenched in that part of the community. You're involved. Like, what are some of the community things that you are involved with up in that area? Yeah, so we do, we use our outdoor space. We use our space to do a whole number of things, indoor and outdoor. Uh, we have a wedding venue attached to us as well. Um, with all that space, we found it uh, very beneficial, not just for us, but for the community to um, do activities that can raise some money for other groups. So uh, some of those activities are like in winter, we have curling rinks outside. So we have curling leagues. We have a giant curling tournament called a Bonspiel every year. One year so far. <laughs> hey, that's still every year, isn't yeah. it? Since you started, yes, every year. You haven't missed a year yet, have you? Yeah. So we have all, all a bunch of events. So we and we charge for those events. We charge like four hundred dollars for a team to join our leagues, yep. two hundred dollars to do, join a tournament, and we donate essentially eighty to ninety percent of those dollars right back to Fridley. So like Fridley Youth Athletics, we got to donate ten thousand two hundred dollars for Fridley School Foundation. We donated six grand to wow um, our local Fridley family through a charity called Best Christmas Ever. We just donated thirteen thousand five hundred dollars to. Oh my gosh! And all that's not just strictly through beer so- sales. It's some of it. A lot of it's through the ancillary things we get to use our space for. That we say, hey, we make our money making great beer and serving it to you. We can use our platform though to benefit the community elsewhere. 
see, this is kind of what we try to do here. Mm-hmm. Like we we try to put on events where we you know, say thank you to our Patreon members, but we refuse to have an artist play for free. You have to be paid to what you do. Sean, who is a realtor, Mm -hmm. he, every part of every one of his sales right now, whether it's on the buy or the sell side, you're donating to a local artist, right? Yep. The the people that, the buyers or the sellers, they get to choose which local artists they donate to. And it just comes out of my commission, which is fine. And it helps out these local artists, which is really cool. It's a great idea. And that's the right thing to do for not just the community, but your business grows from that because people say, like, this guy is a real part of our community who really cares, and they're going to support you. It might not be support tomorrow or a week yeah. from now, but over the course of time, that builds up, and that support will come back. Well, you guys know this. I mean, it's it's almost feels sometimes like there's a, a thousand people in the Twin Cities, not 3.2 million. Yep. Like, everybody knows everybody else, so try to be a decent steward of the cities and be a decent person, and that comes back in so many ways. Well, and it's overall philosophy, right? I mean, like, I know that not everybody I see on the daily is a great person. No. But the more and more people (laughs) I find, but the more, one of the reasons I'll never leave this place, the more and more people I find that are good people, that are decent people, that share your philosophy that, okay, we're part of this community. You know, we could make more money than we already do, but we can also help other people at the same time. For me, and again, I'm not trying to get into politics because that is the last effing thing I want. But the the great late Paul Wellstone said, we all do better when we all do better. 100%. And yeah. I mean, I, I, I could not believe that more strongly in my life or in my philosophy or in my bones. And it sounds like you guys share the same thing. All right, we've gone too long in without hearing music. We need a song. And you have chosen one of my favorites. Yeah, she, so, she's wonderful. Tell me why you picked this song and, and this artist. So if there's a, a family song for my wife, my daughter, and I, I have a 21-month-old daughter. Um, mm. It would be this song. It'd be uh, Ingrid Michaelson, The Way I Am. Uh, my wife and daughter listen to it almost every single day. They listen to it. My daughter had a hospital stay when she was about a month old when her oh. brewery was just opening. <laughs> yeah. Mm. A week, uh, literally a week old. Oof. Um, and they listen to this song every day. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, I would say it's our family anthem, I guess, if we have one. So that's why I chose it. I am happy to report, uh, having met Ingrid quite a few times over the years, that she is, as I just told you off the air, off mic, whatever, <clears throat> that um, we're not technically on the air, but off mic, There's she is every bit as cool as you would hope she would be. That warmth, 
that sort of ironic wink that she has going on there the whole way through. She's all of that and even better. I freaking love her. That's I'm, awesome. so, I'm so glad that's to so hear cool that's to hear. a family anthem for you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, no, and as we were talking too, uh, Sean and I were just sharing a couple stories. <laughs> Not everyone's like that. Ninety, what six point four percent of the you know the famous people we've met or interacted with, be they athletes, musicians, whoever, fantastic. There's just a handful of them drink their own Kool-Aid, read in their own press. Maybe you caught them on a bad day, yeah, or was, maybe they're actual monsters. Yeah, I try to give them the benefit of the doubt. Well, that like maybe, everybody in life, right? Like, you, you want to believe yeah. the best about people, right? And, and you and I, being in media as long as we have been, you know when to back off, and you know when to maybe not say anything at all, and just you're in the space with this other person. Right. But, but it's weird how you'll get somebody like Matt Damon I met and hung out with him at a concert, mm-hmm. uh, a charity benefit, and golfed with him and everything. Could not be nicer yep. this is after he won the academy award but you'll get other people which i won't mention well, see, but the, that, that are just cruel you, and you, just you have out of control you, you have this life that you've gotten yeah it doesn't mean you owe everybody everything all the time but you can at least be po- you know passable nice yeah that's it and Decent. it's like just your attitude and they got to know that people are going to talk the band bare naked ladies uh, i've known i got to know them a ton because they were a station band of a station that i produced the morning show on mm-hmm. they invited me out to breakfast and stuff i couldn't go because i had meetings but i was like oh how nice is that yeah. you know, right they're like yeah, that's awesome. just they really didn't have cool to do that. they probably would have rather just gotten going but they're like no let's hang out that'll be fun well they were looking they're like where do we go and i'm yeah. like come with us i was like oh sh- i can't i gotta go right unfortunately deal with some you know some other deal but and then but stuff like that it's just so cool and you've had that happen a million times a zillion times yeah. no so many i mean again like i said the vast vast majority yep. of them could not be cooler and then you meet a prick like elvis costello it is the brian oak show episode <laughs> 175 two totally different interaction nope <laughs> gigantic prick motherfucker <laughs> i hate him i hate him that being said, we're not here to talk about Elvis <laughs> Costello. We're here to talk about Forgotten Star Brewery, and I apologize <laughs> I apologize if he's one of your favorites, but I've never been treated so poorly by anyone I've ever worked with in my entire life, up to and including Sean Bernard. Um, let's go ahead and talk a little bit more about your brewery. So we've established that it's a cool historical spot. We know where it is. We know you create a quality product. I also know when we first met just a few weeks ago, Customer service is kind of the bit, right? Like, I mean, if you're going to have people come out, you can have a decent beer. But let's be honest, there's plenty of places to get a decent beer, right? You got a cool room. That's cool. It's great. But if people don't feel warm and welcome when they get there, how do you instill that in your staff? How do you other, is it a matter of hiring the right people? Is it the beatings will continue until morale improves? I mean, what? how do you instill among your staff, you got to treat these people right? I mean, I think that uh, just ties into what you're just talking about. Um, we're just really fortunate to have a bunch of just good eggs. Like everyone's just a genuinely nice person right. and they're passionate about the hospitality industry. But I do think it does start top down. Yeah. And our general manager, Lily, she's like the sweetest person ever. And Darren is just a hyper positive guy as well. And uh, you can just see that reflection in everyone's uh, shift day to day. And uh, that's almost I prefer to see uh, reviews that like start with awesome staff, friendly staff almost instead of saying like the beer was really good right know? it's like it, it almost always goes in that order like awesome staff cool space beer's good yeah we've we've uh gotten very lucky by well our staff is, like matt said is incredible we've been open almost two years it will be open two years i guess this november and we have something like 385 star reviews on google right now which is not something we we that's awesome assumed we'd ever have that quickly um and when you go through them it literally almost i'd say 80 percent all say the staff is awesome. Staff is awesome. And that, that really comes from Lily and Darren. I got to hear the hiring story that you were going to tell Matt. Oh, you wanna... Before we hear the hiring story, I have one other quick question. You mentioned your second uh, birthday coming up in November. Have you already planned an event? Elvis Costello is coming. <laughs> that was well done. I, I was going to say maybe we could come out and do a show from your second birthday. Because no, yes. it'll be our second birthday yeah. on the twelfth of November. We started the same week as for oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Something we can talk about, but yeah, it's we have not be started a different the night. It's gonna be a different night than Costello, <laughs> I'll tell you that right now. We're we're, we're solely focused on Oktoberfest and 
in September right now. <laughs> I got it. I just I, again on air production meeting, not very professional, but I'm like, huh, second anniversary. We at some point we definitely need to do a show out there, so yes, we could yes. do one maybe somewhere around there. But again, tell Costello he's on the effing list. <laughs> I'm sorry, Sean. What were you saying? Oh, I want to hear this the hiring story of Matt when he oh. worked at the. It was another brewery, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was all just pure happenstance. Um, I was finishing my uh, degree at the U, and I needed like four more credits, so I was uh. <laughs> I went up to the research station at Itasca State Park, and um, oh. I was taking animal telemetry and digital photography. And animal telemetry <laughs> was literally just running around the state park catching raccoons, <laughs> and like, and then what, like putting bands on them and tagging yeah. them, yeah, oh, and then like really? just Gosh. tracking their migration yeah, throughout yeah, yeah. the summer. We did uh, northern pike as well. So that I sounds just, awesome. It was it was a lot of fun. But <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 I, I'm sorry to be the science nerd, but how do you tag a fish? You just put a little through uh, no, the fin. It's, uh, or? It's, it's a little. Uh, in, Injection. Okay, it's like right. a it's like a radio transmitter. I know this is not the interesting part of the story, but to <laughs> me, it's swim, fascinating. You must swim good. like freaking Michael Phelps to be able to catch those. <laughs> no, yeah, caught him by hand. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, I was doing that all summer, and then I was just talking to a bunch of my professors. It was like, you know, what's a real, the job market really like for somebody like with a microbio eco, ecology degree? And uh, they're like, well, you know, it's not great. Like he, was, he was like just dead honest with me. He's, like you're gonna have to get your doctorate if you want to make anything out of this. Wow. So like I was a little discouraged by that, but I was just sitting in the cafeteria, just going through the U of M job and internship uh, search website, and I saw a posting for a lab technician at a sake brewery, and I was like, well, what the mm. hell? You know, let's give it a go. And yeah. uh, I applied for the job, got an interview, got hired, and didn't really get a brewery tour when I got hired. But I was like, whatever, it's a lab job. I've done enough <laughs> lab work. I know how that works. Um, so I showed up my first day. I was wearing like, you know, business casual button up, you know, shiny yeah. shoes, yeah. expecting somebody to hand me a lab coat and say, get to work. Um, but then the owner walks out. He's wearing raggy jeans that are soaking wet and you yeah. know, hasn't shaved like in two weeks. And he's like, all right, um, see all that rice? Move it downstairs. And it was like 2000 pounds of rice. Oh, right? my gosh. Yeah. And I was like in like dress clothes. I was like, OK. And it, like I did it. And Here we like, go. Then, yeah. And then uh, and that was an untamed, unpaid internship. And uh, wow. I I got paid in ramen noodles. That was my first <laughs> brewing job. There wow. are worse things to eat than ramen. Yeah, noodles. yeah. I mean, I'm All not right. complaining. It was an interesting start. But uh, then they made uh, un- unpaid internships. I think illegal. So I got minimum they did. wage. Yeah. A couple people sued early on. I remember back working in radio, where all of a sudden there were no more yep. interns. Yep. We used to have hundreds yes, of them. We did. And then suddenly someone's like, "I didn't actually learn anything in my college experience." <laughs> they sued. And there we go. Buy slave labor. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry about that. So you come at brewing from the science angle. Yep. Which I love because I've got a good buddy who is a scientist by trade, works for Ecolab or some giant corporation. But when I go over to his house for dinner, makes the most exquisite meals, and he doesn't. he's not there for the flavor or the feel. He looks at it like he is conducting a massive wild lab experiment. So for you, when you're in the brewing area at Forgotten Star... I mean, you're looking at a basically a giant lab. Oh, I mean, that's essentially what it is. Right. Um, and that's the cool thing about the brewing industry is like no like two two brewers have like the same backstory. I feel like everyone came from like some other profession, whether it was a lawyer, they were real estate agent or tax you know, attorney or something. And they just love beer and then just decide to get into it. Right. Um, but yeah, like from my perspective, yeah, I, uh, the micro like. The interactions that's happening between the yeast and the starch breakdown, like all that, um, yeah, it's but proper heat, proper timing, proper all of it. I mean, the science is a crucial element to what you do. Oh man, it's one of those things. It's as complicated as you want it to be. You can just keep digging yeah. and digging and digging and like finding new things out about beer, which is what makes it still fun. You know, after this much time, what's the number one place to go for people to find out more about Forgotten Star Brewing? Uh, our website, ForgottenStarBrewing.com. Uh, otherwise, the social media channels, uh, Instagram and Facebook, we post on those almost daily. Uh, post about different events coming up. We post about different beers coming out. Uh, just happenings around the tap room, really. Um, and then other ways that we get involved in the community are all on there, too. Gentlemen, this was awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Is there anything we missed? Anything that's just like burning on your mind like we forgot something? We need to do an Elvis Costello-themed beer. Oh, you have to do it. Yeah. Look, man, I, I, I don't, I, I don't dislike his music. I didn't choose to have that day with him. Since, <laughs> since this is a music podcast, can Matt and I ask you guys like one quick question? Anything you want. Fa- favorite live show you've ever been to and why? Oof. All right, I know mine off the top of my head. I do, too. I know All mine, All right, you want to go first? Oh, but now I'm undecided. No, I, can I do two? Yeah. Okay. 
No. One. <laughs> one. No, that doesn't he work. He said favorite of all time. Uh, okay. That is what I said, yeah. One. I get kicked out of this one, but I was 16. Jesus Christ. When I was 16 years old, you two did the Rattle and Hum show, and I was in high school in Arizona. The tickets were $5 because they were filming Rattle and Hum, mm-hmm. and I was on the football field. And I was standing up in my chair, as was everybody else. But when the security, you know, put the flashlight on everybody, everybody else went down. But not 16-year-old Sean Bernard put up the bird. And this guy literally picked me up. I never thought somebody could actually pick you up by the scruff of the collar. The guy literally lifted me up and took me all the way out of the football field by by my collar. And I missed the very end of the show, but that was my favorite show. Damn. Yeah. But that's a good one, man. It was a good one. Miller uh, Beer, sorry, Forgotten Star right? Brewing, but oh, Miller Beer used to do a promotion for radio called The Blind Date, and yep. they would fly people all over the country. The whole premise being, we bring people from all over, nobody knows who's going to play oh, wow. Blind Date. It's a surprise, right? And I even got to go to Ireland one year to see yes. the Miller Blind Date, which sucked, by the way. Smashing Pumpkins. Man, all it took was one full beer in the head from a Scotsman, and Billy yep. Corgan marched right <laughs> off the stage. Uh, anyway, no, this one was in Chicago. We were at the Vic Theater, and Chemical Brothers opened up, and Chemical Brothers mm. are great. I don't mind electro. I like a lot of electro and EDM, but seeing it live, it's always like I'm watching two guys dance behind keyboards, right? And then uh, the headliner starting to get warmed up, and they've got these balloons all over the stage with little faces being projected on them. And one by one, the, the, this ambient music starts to come up, and one by one, the musicians walk out on stage. And I think I recognize Mark, Mike Garson. I'm like, is that? I don't know. <laughs> Again, they've been plying us with free beer for the entire day, so I'm a little, what do you always call it, greased? A little greased. I was a little greased at that point, yeah. And then all of a sudden, I see her walk out, and I can't think of her name off the top of my head. Small, African-American woman, bald, bass player, just effortless, and I know it's David Bowie's bass player. Yeah. And I turn around and look at my wife, and again, the tumblers haven't all fallen into place yet, but I turn around and look at her. Oh, it's making me weird right now just to think about it. And um, I look at her, and I'm getting those weird little tears in the bottom of my eyes, and I turn back around, and again, it's the Vic Theater. It's a tiny little place, two-thirds the size of First Avenue, maybe. I'm right in front of the thrust of the stage, and they're walking down towards the end of the stage in a linen suit, Totally carefree because he's getting a six-figure check with nothing at stake in a linen suit, strumming an acoustic guitar, is my favorite of all time, David Bowie. And Mm. I stand 10 feet from David Bowie for the next hour and a half watching him do songs I never thought I'd see live. And so, again, not everybody's cup of tea, but for me personally, I've never had a show hit me like that one hit me. As a surprise even. That is incredible. Didn't know. And everyone thought you knew. Actually, we thought it was going to be the Rolling Stones because they were in town the next night. And someone was like, hey, man, I think uh, think Ron Wood's upstairs. I was like, well, that'd be great, man. Rolling Stones in that room would have been killer, but not as killer as David (laughs) Bowie. What about yours? Uh, well, I'm kind of in Sean's boat. It's like favorite concert experience versus favorite show. Like I, I got to go to like Austin City Limits once, and that's wow. like the best. I mean, you oh, saw yeah. like that's church, man. That's yeah, like going is. to the Ryman in Nashville. Yeah, Phenomenal. Like, like start the day seeing like first aid kit, and then uh, this band I didn't know from New Zealand called the Broods was really really good. Then you see the Gorillas and the Killers like all in one day. Wow, you know, it's just, wow. It's it's just overwhelming. But as for like experience, um, I went to a Dropkick Murphys at uh, oh. Harriet Island. And, oh yeah. Uh, I went with my two brothers, and you know we were getting you know very Irish that day. Oh, yeah. And uh, <laughs> they decided, hmm. I don't know how their brains connected, but they looked at each other and then looked at me, and they like wanted to th- throw me on top of the crowd to like crowd surf. Oh, yeah, and God. I was just like, all right. And uh, <laughs> they threw me up there. I gave them all my wallet and keys and everything, and I got to crowd surf around. And like I'm not like a little guy, you know. I weigh like 220 pounds, so every once in a while yeah. you take a hard drop and then. <laughs> Get oh, back yeah. up there, but eventually I made my way to the front of the stage, and then like I was getting back in the crowd, and then there's these two guys like guarding the gate. One has a bottle of uh, Captain Morgan, the other guy has a bottle of uh, uh, Jameson, and they're like, oh. "Pick one!" And I'm like, "Oh my god!" It's <laughs> <laughs> like oh, that one, Santa. <laughs> Are you sure you weren't killed in the pit? And went to <laughs> yes, <Irish> seriously, <laughs> exactly. Wow. And I was like, "Man, that was pretty wild." That's yeah. outstanding. That was a good round of questions right yes. there. I like that very much. You they, want to throw in your no, favorite? No, no. Your guys' stories are far better than that. Okay, well, yeah. again, I, it's it's fantastic. Just, you you. got to have one. Give us. I have Bonnaroo, I guess. I went to Bonnaroo. Cool. Uh, oh, gosh, feels like 20 years ago now. It was Dave yeah. Matthews and OER and Metallica and Jurassic 5 and at 
just such a huge wide variety. Bonner was just a blast. It was a Weed good time. Smoker. <laughs> <laughs> no, your secret is safe here. No more than three thousand people will hear this if they stick around to the end. Bonnaroo is one of those. I mean, but that was like the original. That was like the original jam band festival. But then they were also were cool enough. Like Jurassic Five yeah. is one of my favorite hip hop bands of all time. Super so, fun. I, I bet live it was yeah. fucking. Cr- the crowd must have been just bouncing like yep. nuts, well, man. I, I remember me and my buddy were. I was not even twenty one years old. We were like walking around trying to get free beer or get beer from somebody. Right. All of a sudden, everything stops, and this guy comes walking through with a like a an ice drill, like an ice auger, wearing wearing a full on <laughs> uh, what are they called? Like a like rubber boots and. Anyways, like overalls? Like like overalls? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> waiters. Yeah, they're literally oh, wow. waiters, yeah. like duck hunting waiters. Wow. And he drills a hole in the ground, and then this woman wearing like next to nothing throws a fishing line in there. It was a firecracker. It went off, and like he's like humming and hanging, singing and doing all this weird music. <laughs> the thing goes off, and they walk away. It's like, what just happened? What was that? Like and they just concert. went another few hundred feet and did the same thing. It's like, where are we? You just, <laughs> you just told me you didn't have a good story. Well, I mean, that's uh, one of the best stories I've like, heard no, in 2020. Like, there's, there's, some odd, there's some odd things you see at Bonnaroo. But, oh, yeah. Yeah. to say the very least. Yeah. Well, gentlemen, this has been enjoyable, and we will do it again. And let's think about November. We'll think about it slowly but surely. Oh, we'll be out there before then. Well, of course we will yeah. be. But, I mean, let's just think about that. Uh, the dual birthday party is not a terrible idea. It's something like to it. think about. Uh, but we are going to wrap it up right now. Before we go, Sean, is there anything else you'd like to say about your endeavors as a realtor? Not a realtor. To me, that's like people who say nuclear. I know. It's I the hate same it. Thing. I yeah. hate it. Like it's realtor, nuclear, not realtor. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. I just want to make sure that we've got that straight. Anything else you'd like to say about your current endeavors at a diner realty? No, it's just that uh, the market slowed down a little bit. So there's some more, but there's also some more inventory uh, on the market, which is great. So, uh, you know, you're still going to have to fight for deals, but I'll do the work for you. So 612-859-2594. Choose your warrior. Choose your warrior. All right, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Our thanks to Smart Start MN, our thanks to Forgotten Star Brewing. Gentlemen, I appreciate you being here. Also, our thanks to um, Palmer's Bar, palmersbar.net. If you want to know more about this coming weekend's Palm Fest 21 that's going on, our thanks to AudioQuip. They're the ones who provided all the audio equipment in this room right here, and they can help you out with your next rock show. TED Talk, whatever it is you're mm-hmm. actually into, whatever it is you want to do. Um, and thanks to all of our Patreon members. We did have a great event just a little while ago. It was just a week ago now, right? Yeah. It's hard to believe. It feels like it was a long time ago. It was ago. a week ago today. Crazy. Yep. And we'll have more of those on the way in the future. Uh, it is time for us to go. And Sean, you're going to take us out. I am. Um, my wife and I are celebrating our 25th anniversary on August 10th. Holy cowboy. Yeah, that the we, silver anniversary? I think so. Yeah. We've been together for 27, but... Early on in our marriage, and actually early on when we were dating, she wore sundresses all the time. And I freaking think women look beautiful in sundresses. She started buying sundresses again. Go on. Oh, I love sundresses. I'm listening. No, okay, settle down. So this song, Sweet, Sweet Sundresses. (laughs) So this song by Crowded House, who I got to meet. Back in uh, 91, they came to the Conclave. The Conclave. Yeah, in 1991. The problem with going to... So for people (laughs) who don't know what the Conclave is, it's a radio convention. Yes. And when you go to a radio convention... Everyone you meet is like, hey, Sean, how are you doing? How's it going? I'm great, Brian. How are you? Oh, hey, excellent to see you. Hey, I was just talking to my friend who works at 91X in San Diego. Wait a minute. Are we talking about Jocko Laser? That's why I hate those things. It's like two hours of of Relentless and people like, hey, you want to go out and listen to my tape in my car hey, i got this? a great new bit i got a demo i'd love to share with you it's up in my room stop by we'll give that a listen yeah. anyway uh <laughs> tell, tell me the finn brothers were as cool as i hope they are yeah i didn't spend a whole lot of time talking to them but i was in the a room the size of a person's living room maybe listening the smart start mn studio exactly right uh-huh. just a small 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 venue and they were there set up and there were a handful of radio people sitting there watching them, and they were they were promoting this album, Woodface. But this song, uh, She Goes On, reminds me of my wife. Pretty soon you'll be able to remember her Lying in the garden singing Right where she'll always be The door is always open 
After the long. 